Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, well, man, we're not going to have anything to drink again. This might be the second podcast in a row that we haven't had anything to drink. <sighs> I know. I think it's too bad that there's not a hidden bottle up in Jason's office, which there is. Is there? Yeah. Seriously? No, I don't know. But there's got to be. Welcome to the No Budget Filmmaking Podcast, presented by Cinema Summit. A podcast about the art of making films, no matter how small the budget. And now, here are your hosts, Alex Dark and Trevor L. Nelson. Hey everyone, thanks for joining us. This is episode 32 of the No Budget Filmmaking Podcast. I'm Alex Dark. And I am Trevor L. Nelson. Today we're going to be talking about the debate of shorts versus features. But first, you know what, Alex? We're not drinking anything again. I think we're... I know. We're letting our, our listeners down. We're failing. We're failing. And we're right by a BevMo. We're right by a BevMo. For those who don't know what BevMo is, it's like a little supermarket that only sells booze. Yeah. Maybe some one, snack too. There's one just down the street, but I it's know. raining yeah. in Los oh. Angeles, and so therefore... We don't go outside. Go outside. Yeah. Um, and we may sound a little different this time because we were shooting this, we are recording this podcast at Aura Media. Um, we had a late shoot here tonight. For an infomercial, which is one of our... So we'll move on to what's new, because yeah. we're not drinking anything, uh, sadly. Yeah, uh, I'm sorry, guys. We'll get on it next time, though. I guarantee you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we will. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We got a couple Konas left at the studio, and that's about it. Yep. And yep. then we'll switch to hard alcohol. We'll switch it. And freaking 95% Everclear. Tito's. Yeah. yeah. Tito's uh, again? Yes. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So uh, what's new with us? Uh, we filmed an infomercial today um, for we Tim did. Sykes. Uh, I don't know if you guys know who he is, but he's like a penny stock... Um, Kind of a Guru. whiz kid. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, I actually remember hearing about him a long time ago. But he was the guy who took his uh, bar mitzvah money and turned it into millions of dollars, right? Yeah, yeah, I think that uh, pretty much sums him up. Um, he started investing when he was in college as a freshman. Uh, mm-hmm. By the time he was a junior or senior in college, he, had, he was managing a hedge fund. Um, and he has like a kind of a, a new fandangled way to make money on stocks that seemed pretty interesting. Um, of course, we didn't want to spend the $3,000 to find out what it was, but... No, but hey, maybe we'll reach out to him and get a free copy. Hey, you know what? We'll see. We'll be like, <laughs> hey, man, uh, we filmed your thing. You, you mind if we do it? Um, what else is new, Alex? Well, last week was Thanksgiving. Yes, so hopefully everyone enjoyed it or yeah. maybe didn't enjoy it because they have a crazy family. Sure, um, yeah. But there's some fun in that when you have a crazy family. There is. Yeah. There is all the politics talk. Oh yeah, good times. Well, isn't there that movie that um, it's with Tiffany Haddish and I think it's Ike Bernholtz or oh God, who's that? He's a comedian, and it is about night school. No, <laughs> yep, night school. That's it. Um, it is about like they're married or dating and they go home for Thanksgiving and it turns to politics talk, but it like in the in the sense of like it gets dark where they start fighting each other and killing each other hmm. um, I'm, this is gonna this is gonna I have kill no idea me. what that movie is never heard of it never heard of it ever uh, let me see here uh, I'm gonna pull it up right now here's the guy from Blockers did you ever see Blockers? no okay um, he's like the one you would you, you've seen his face everywhere but you don't know John Cena <laughs> no he's not John Cena oh. like, he might be John Cena he might be John Cena and you just don't know it yeah because of uh, movie magic. Have you seen Neighbors? Yes. He's the best friend in Neighbors. Okay. It's called The Oath. That's what it is. It's he. Um, never heard of this movie. He, he wrote it and directed it, and basically, um, 
Yeah, basically it's about in a politically divided America, a man struggles to make it through Thanksgiving holiday without destroying his family. But it gets like violent and all that. And <laughs> so, um, yeah, it looks pretty interesting. But uh, That sounds cool. Yeah. Um, so if your Thanksgiving was like that, I'm sorry. You probably aren't listening to us in jail if you killed some of your family. But <laughs> on that note, um, yeah, happy Thanksgiving. Yeah. And uh, we didn't have an episode this Yet. week. Yeah. Yep. So that was a new thing. Yep, that was a new thing. I'm sorry, guys, if we disappointed you. We're used to disappointing everyone. Just uh, we're used to disappointing our parents. Not yeah, so we're much used our, to that. Our, our well, can we say they're fans or our listeners? Our listeners. There you go. Not yeah. fans. No, God no. God no, not our fans. <laughs> um, also, uh, we had our first live class, and it went pretty good. It did. Um, we got some good good feedback. Um, we talked about how we went about making money. Uh, with film equipment. Buying and selling film equipment. Buying and selling film equipment and then keeping some of it ourselves to kind of build our production company. Um, it yeah. was completely free. So It was completely free and we gave away all of our secrets. All of our secrets. So and we'll, it was cool. Maybe I mean, next time we'll announce it on the podcast. Uh, next yeah. time we're going to do one. Yeah. And uh, uh, you guys can listen in. Totally. It was, it was, uh, it went better than I thought it would. Uh, we had a little bit of technical difficulties at the beginning. We're yeah, OBS that. is a little weird. It was a little um, weird. But we got through it, and uh, the feedback was really, really good. I was, yeah. I mean, not shocked because I knew it was good info, but <laughs> I didn't really know for sure how people would react to it. Not trying to be arrogant, but you know what? It's kind of like the Tim Sykes things today. It was kind of one of those things where, you know, we know it's good because it's worked for us, so we are not too shocked when people are like, oh, that's really good info because... We can prove that it works because yeah. we have so much equipment and we have spent very little on it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, that so was cool. we're going to do that one again uh, soon. Maybe, maybe, probably not before Christmas, but maybe at the first of the year, yeah. um, depending on how much time we have. Maybe we'll get one in before Christmas. We'll see. Yeah. Maybe we will. Maybe a little Christmas surprise for everyone. A little surprise. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, the cool thing about them is they're all free. They're all free. Got to um, tune in live and they're free. Yep. So that's um, about it. And then what else you got? We got, uh, oh yeah, we, we started a, uh, a filmmaking community. Check us out. Called Fearless Filmmakers. Aren't we so We talked awesome. about this a little bit last time. Yep. But uh, we, we just sort of opened the doors um, right before Thanksgiving. And right now we're up to about 800 uh, members, which is great. And there, there's been a lot of really, really good feedback from there too. Pretty Everyone's, cool. That's pretty cool. It's, yeah, it's so it's so I don't know. Uh, it's it's cool to hear from all these people from all over the place talk about filmmaking and and how excited they are about having this community. And we've we've made a no budget filmmaking podcast group. So if you're a fan of the podcast and want to go uh, talk about the podcast, give us some ideas for future episodes or or critique our. Um, the sound of our voice. You can go into the group and talk <laughs> talk about that. And guess what, guys? It's also free. Also free. Oh my God! We are just giving things away for free. How yeah. are we making money? The th- truth is, we're not, and we're, we're poor. not. We're so poor, but uh, yeah, um, we are. We are. We are giving away this stuff for free because we just want to build a nice community of filmmakers that are, you know, it's fun. Yeah, it it's is fun. fun. And we're, you know, meeting a lot of people on that, on Fearless Filmmakers. Um, a lot of people are bouncing questions off of each other. We've gotten the, you know, it wouldn't be a community without the typical, oh, uh, what camera should I buy? Um, sure. We've got a couple of those questions. Um, sure. But, uh, yeah, yeah, jump on out there and uh, meet up other filmmakers. There's and maybe- all sorts of cool people in there we've already talked to and... We actually have some people from the community on the podcast. Oh, look at you. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, also tonight, oh, what's new that we didn't put in the notes is met up with a guy who wants to do some uh, kind of 30 for 30 docs. Um, and met up with him. We're going to probably work with him on these things uh, production-wise and producing-wise. Um, so it's going to be pretty cool, I think. Um, his, kind of like 30 for 30, but more like Store, like not the mainstream sports, so like horse racing, skydiving, stuff like that. Um, and they'll kind of be uh, little underground stories that people probably haven't heard of. Um, characters that they haven't heard of, like you're not going to get Bo Jackson on here or any big name sports stars. It's going to be extreme sports stars that you don't know about. And uh, so we're going to be working with him. Uh, his name's Mark. Nice guy. Met yeah. with him tonight. Totally. Um, and uh, yeah, that's pretty exciting. So we're going to see where that goes. Yeah. Try and get Larry involved. And uh, one more, Uh-oh. one more thing. This, Uh-oh. Is, this is like a what's cool and what's new, I guess. Oh, uh, well, but, you're um, breaking the trend. All right, go ahead. I know, I know. Uh, it's a shout out Uh-oh. to one of our fearless filmmaker community members. Oh, okay. Joel Lopez. Okay. Who Joel. is a, an ambassador of Ooh. fearless filmmaker, which means that he's invited a ton of people. He's like, he dove in, he was super stoked about it, and then he told me that he just like believed in it so much that he just started sharing it with everyone and he's already like moving through the ambassador program and now he is a silver ambassador on his way to gold is he our first silver ambassador yeah oh man what, what how many people that they have joined for silver 10 10 that's not bad yeah thanks joe joel oh joel yeah man, i totally missed that sorry sorry joel um yeah, but joel lopez joel lopez shout out to joel thanks a lot joel don't know if you listen to this podcast but if you do hey thanks yeah. Um, if you're in the community, uh, hit up Joel and be like, hey, you're awesome. Hey, and by the way, they gave you a shout out on uh, No Budget Filmmaking Podcast, so listen to that too. Yeah, there you go. Uh, there we go. Just like cross, you know, cross advertisements. That's what we're looking for. Uh, <laughs> thanks, thanks again, Joel. Appreciate it. Um, and so let's go. Uh, I think that does it for what's new. That, that's it, yeah. Hey, man, we, There's we, absolutely nothing else new. I'm pretty proud of our what's new because it's kind of like... Maybe we only do what's new every two weeks because then we have more updates. I know, we should. Uh, no, no, we'll do it every time just so people can see if we're actually... The problem is when we do it um, where we, we record an episode on Thursday and yeah. then we record a, the next episode on Tuesday and it's been like... <laughs> four days. Yeah. And we're like... Uh, Nothing really is new. This weekend I did this. Four days. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, uh, yeah. That's, uh, that's, that's a good That's, a that's good our point. life. Yeah, that is our life. Nothing exciting. But uh, <laughs> on to the, the debate. Um, so a lot of people out there maybe just starting out in filmmaking or want to move up to the next level, and they're trying to decide if they put their money into a, a short or mm-hmm. uh, a feature. Um, yeah. And Alex told me about this topic, and I was stoked, and then Alex told me even more that he's had like a change of heart. I did have a change of heart because I had extremely – Strong beliefs in one direction earlier on. Yeah. And it was partly due to, I think, my experience at, in distribution, but also I just had like the mindset of, like, if I'm going to spend money on something, I should at least have the option of making money on it. And I felt at the time you couldn't make money on shorts. So why would I do that? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I'm with you on that. It's kind of one of those things where, you know, there's no guarantee you're going to make us uh, make money back with a feature, but there's almost no chance of making money back with a short. Shorts aren't marketable. Um, yeah, unless you're unless you're like a Cohen brother and you make six of them and put them into one movie. Exactly, anthologies or something <laughs> like that, or you like you know you do your little short that is part of Trick or Treat and uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. But, but that is that is down the line. That is when somebody hires you to do the short rather than you just like yeah. doing the short and then trying to fit it in with an anthology series. Exactly. 
And, uh, you know, that idea that I had, again, was from a different time because it was back when, before digital filmmaking was really, you know, anything near what it is today. Yeah. So it was like, no matter what, it was a lot more work. It was a lot of work to make a short. It was a lot of work to make a feature. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a lot of time and energy either way. So I was like, you know what, if you're going to do it, you might as well, you know, spend the extra time prepping and shoot for a month instead of uh, a week or whatever. Yeah. And just make a feature. Yeah, and to me it always was one of those things where um, it was kind of, to me, like a calling card. If you can, if, if, nowadays if you, had the, if you had the money to do a short, you could probably make a feature and it will show that you can put together a whole story with a, you know, like, and manage, because like a feature is a lot of managing, managing people, managing locations, yeah. managing time, managing money. And so I felt that, I always felt that if it, like, if you could, like you, anyone could do a short kind of thing. This is kind of like a like very narrow thinking in my mind. Anyone could do a short. Like, yeah, that's fine. It's yeah. It's, it's like you just get your friends together for a weekend, shoot a short. You can make it look awesome. Or like we did, shoot a short in a hundred hours. Um, yeah. And you know that's cool and all, but you really want to show you can handle a bigger budget, and, or not even just a bigger budget, but a bigger production by shooting a feature and being like, look what I can do. Yeah, and also I think it's easier to tell a story that's 12 minute, minutes long that makes sense yeah. and flows, I think, than it is to tell a story that's 90 minutes long and makes sense. Yeah. Um, I don't know. But there's... I don't know. I, I did change my mind on this, though, is the thing. And we'll get into some of the reasons why later. Yeah. But... Um, I think uh, for me, with distribution, there's still not a lot of avenues for shorts. It's like no. you're you're limited to festivals. Yeah, you're limited to um, like uh, what what is that? Oh, I think I have it down here somewhere. The Vimeo staff pick. Yep, or short film festivals or short of the week. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So. But there are, like, new things popping up all the time. Like, I think, um, you know, Seed Spark yeah. has their um, OTT platform mm. that you can, like, make money on. Yeah. But it's, it's still strange. It's like a weird little world because, like, even that, it's pay what you want, a uh, minimum of $2 a month. So it's like, man, you're slicing that pie really thin. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, is that it's almost like... I'm going to sound so old here and like a curmudgeoned old man. Like it, the youth today, <laughs> like short things. Like when we were doing YouTube, when we were doing Facebook things for Larry, I realized that our, like the, the things on YouTube that would make, get good ad revenue were these full interviews. Mm-hmm. But on Facebook, which is more of a youth driven thing, the full interviews that got like millions of views on YouTube were getting like, you know, 10 views, 10 full-length views, because people this day, these days don't want full-length things online. So if you're putting Except, it online... Yeah, I mean, especially on Facebook, which yeah. is a scroll-driven yeah. website. And like either, you scroll through it, and you yeah. will watch something for a few minutes, and yeah. then keep scrolling. And, and, and now that, that, like, granted, you need to have enough followers, but if you can put your short on YouTube and put ads in front of it, you can start making money with your shorts. You could. And, and if they're really good... 
you can make a decent amount of money. Yeah, and I think that goes back to uh, an, another topic of sort of audience building and stuff yeah. like that. And shorts could be a good way to build an audience because yeah. you have more opportunities to tell stories and different stories. You know, instead of putting all your time and effort for like a year into mm-hmm. making one story, you could break it up and, and make several in a year. Yeah, and I think when when uh, um, you know things like solid TV were coming out and web series were hot and like micro budget movies were coming out shorts were just kind of like meh like if I could put my money into like a series that I could shoot yeah. really good because all the equipment's getting cheaper why do a short it almost seemed like it was cheating to do a short it was like lazy to do a short almost yeah and there was that time I mean when we were in school it was all shorts all the time yep. baby but also <laughs> um, shorts weather biatch <laughs> but uh it was like the thing. It was the thing to do still. It was like, that was the way. It, you, you did a short. Yeah. You know, whether you were in school or not. Yeah. That was sort of thought of as the way to get in. It's like, you need to, to show that you can make something. What you do is you make a short, and yeah. then you go around and you show people, and then you eventually sort of like get an opportunity to do something else. But that's really not how it is now, really. Yeah. And then shortly after we graduated, that wasn't how it was either. Um, Do you think, now here's a question for you. Do you think because we did so many shorts in school, because we had to, and because we also did them outside of our classes, do you feel that, like, somebody who's bringing in the thing now, into the industry now would be like, oh, do a couple shorts and then try and do a feature. Do you feel that because you had done so many shorts in college that it's like, well, I don't want to do a short now. I've done so many of them. It's time for me to make a feature. And that's what kind of turned you off from shorts. I'm sure that's true because by the time... I was out of college. I had produced and shot my own. I had done like 12 shorts. Yeah, I had done like 12 to 13 shorts in college. I was like, I'm done with shorts, man. Uh, time yeah. to put on some jeans. Yeah. And then big Trevor, boy pants. Trevor, yeah. Trevor and I both worked on a very big budget short. Yeah. As well. Uh huh. Um, and I think that also turned me off to the idea of doing shorts. Yeah, because it didn't do what the writer-director wanted it to do. And he wasn't even thinking about making money off of it. No. He was just thinking, like, if I do this short and spend all this money, then I'm going to get, like, I'm going to have offers lining up out the door to make a Yeah. Feature. I mean, he was going off of, like, the past, you know, yeah. like, Luke, George Lucas, THX, and, like, yeah. uh, Amblin, like, because or Spielberg method. Uh, for those who don't know, at USC, if you're an undergraduate film student, you really don't do a thesis, you do. You get you get into a group that does a thesis. You have the opportunity yeah. to be the director of opportunity. Um, if you do a master's program there, then you do direct your own thesis. Right. So for the us who went to undergrad, you know, it was kind of one of those things where this guy. Pardon me, one second. <laughs> oh, Bless you. So uh, so uh, so does. Bless you. Um, <laughs> um, he didn't get the opportunity to do a thesis, so this was kind of his thesis. Right. And, that, and George Lucas's THX was his thesis. And yeah. that catapulted George Lucas to fame and fortune and selling you know, uh, uh, Lucas films for $2 billion. And so <laughs> I think his mindset was like, well, I'll make this my thesis, and I'll spend a lot of money, and I'll shoot it on film, and I'll do this high-concept show, yeah. uh, high-concept short, uh, and put in a couple named actors, and yeah. And so it was one of those things where it didn't work out the way he wanted it to, and so I, that's, to me, I was, and also because it was a lot of work for that damn short. Oh, I got you. And I was like, why are we doing this for a short when he could have easily, it was a 45 minute short, and he could have easily turned that into an hour 15 movie, and that's a, full, that's a feature. Yeah. 
hour, 15, hour, hour and a half. There's your move. Was that 45 minutes? I think it was. I think the first cut was 45, and then he just boiled it down even more. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, that's, 45, that's half a feature. Yeah. Um, and so I think that kind of turned me off from shorts where I was like, eh. Yeah. I've done 13 of these. I've, we did a big budget one. Um, yeah. And then, and and then, then in college we did a feature. Yeah, then we did a feature, and that was such low budget. It was like, well, that was less than the short. Why not just do a feature? Like, exactly. If, you know, if you can write it the way it should be. Yeah, but one of the, th- the one, I, th- I feel like one of the big things that has changed my perspective on this is now that I am an old man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 32. <laughs> um, it's not as simple as it seemed in my mind, you know, at the time. I mean, yeah, I did two features or whatever. We did... 12 shorts, but it was like, we didn't have anything else to do. Yeah. We, were, we were in school, yeah. and like that's what we were doing. And that's what you, you should have been doing. It's like, yeah. that, use your time in school when you're carefree and don't have bills. Yeah, but then you get out of school, and you have some responsibilities, and you can still kind of make it work, but then as you keep going, you get more and more responsibilities, and... and, and <laughs> Things We're talking about marriage here, guys. Yeah, you, you marry. You get people. married, and then somebody yeah, like, wants like, well, you should be home more. And exactly, like, oh. exactly. So it, you have to, you know, share your time, and it's like it, it's way easier in my mind to say, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna focus on this, and we're gonna shoot a short in seven days, and thinking about the prospect of like taking a month off of work, or like, uh, yeah. or being gone for like a month to make a feature is. Mean, in honesty, when I was in college, my bills were rent and, like, cheap food and yeah. booze. Oh, yeah. I didn't even have a car in college. Like, yeah. And I, so it was like, then you get off uh, out of college, and all of a sudden you have a car. Yep. You have a bigger apartment that is more expensive. Yeah. Then you, then you have a girlfriend who lives with you, and she wants to eat, too. Pfft, stupid. <laughs> and she wants to do things, like go out. She also out. wants to drink. Yeah, and she, pfft, like yeah. a fish. Um, and, and then uh, you get doesn't married. Wanna, doesn't want to go to... Uh, the cheap bars all the time. You yeah. got to go to some cool bars. Yeah. You got to go to some cool yep. restaurants. Yep, and got to, you know, and, you know, those $4 Schlitzes add up when you have 10 yep. of them. <laughs> yep. And um, all the vacations and yep. traveling. And, and you know what? That comes with the territory. And so I'm with you that, you know, like being like, you know what? You're going to be the only one having income for the next month. Yeah. Why I shoot a feature for no money and has no chance. Because I, th- I still think that you got to look at a short as a calling card. You're looking at a short to like get something funded. Um, you know, it be it like you say you have a really cool scene that you want to shoot from a movie that you want a feature you want to get funded. Um, you're still looking at it as like, okay, I'm going to use this to, to shop around my feature so I can get paid to do it. Um, yeah, there's like some type of goal behind it, but it's yeah. also not such a huge commitment that you're yeah. just, you're spending all your time and money and exactly. your own money in in it. Uh, without knowing, yeah. for sure, what's yeah. going to happen. Um, so, I mean, it's and there's so many there's so many micro budget features out there these days that like doing it now is not that big of a deal. It, it sounds yeah. weird. It sounds like yeah. it's not like I would rather have to me a really well done short that looks awesome. You put the time exactly. in the VFX, the sound is great, blah blah blah. Then. A feature that is just kind of half-assed, or not just half-assed, but like under-budgeted. Yeah. Um, the, the VFX look bad. Yeah, and I think that that time has totally passed where it's cool to say, "Oh, I made this for no money." Yeah. Because <clears throat> at the time, 
you couldn't do it, really. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it became possible and people were doing it. And, and it was like, oh, wow, this is crazy. Like, this movie looks like a regular movie or like something, movie. That, something that I'd see on TV. Yeah. And uh, they made it for like 50 grand. That's crazy. But now that's not crazy. No. That's normal. Yeah. And so going around being like, hey, I can make a feature. <laughs> You're like, oh, God. Well, my cousin uh, made a feature and he's 13. I'm like, damn it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so it's not impressive anymore to say that. So I think putting the time and effort into um, making a really good short that checks all the boxes that you want to show, you know, like if, if you can uh, make the story really, really hit people in that amount of time and then make it look really good. Yeah. And sound really good. Yeah. That's what you want. You don't, it doesn't matter if it's 90 minutes, you know? Yeah. So, okay. Here's a question for you. When you're thinking of a short, what do, would you say you have a really cool TV show idea? Would you shoot one episode of the TV show or would you just want to do a short that is like in its own, its own standalone thing. That's just a calling card to be like, Hey, I have a bunch of ideas that have nothing to do with this. Maybe the same genre, but yeah, I would do that mostly because, um, it's the same idea. Like doing a TV show, on spec is the same idea as doing a movie on spec. It's yeah. Like you don't know yeah. if that's going to go anywhere. You probably even know less so if a, if a TV show is going anywhere because there's so many factors that go into that um, that are out of your control. I would say the best bet would be to make a short that's really, really good in the same realm as whatever it is that you want to do. Yeah. I don't even know if I would make like a scene or try to like make my TV show into a short or something. I would just make something totally different that is in the same vein, has the same style, mood or whatever. Yeah. Uh, tells a different story. And then you could say to the people, whoever you're approaching, like check this short out really good. Yeah. By the way, <laughs> um, BT dubs. Uh, I, and here's the next thing that I'm making. Cause I don't know if people want necessarily to say, to see like your short and be like, this is what I want to make. I don't know. So here's a question for you though. Um, say, so like in our situation, we have features that are, we have a drama, we have action, we have sci-fi, yeah. we have horror, horror, we have, I mean, we have genre, comedy, all, comedy yeah, dra- like I said, drama, historical, I have a historical drama. Yeah, me too. Uh, uh, Western? Westerns. Yeah. I mean, we have all these script ideas that are, that spread the genre. We have a TV show that's like, yeah. like, I guess you could say it's kind of like it's a drama action um, and a mystery. Um, so what? then how do you, what do you do your short as? You know, it's like, do you do, do you put your projects that you want to make in an order of which when you want to make them and then make a short for the first one you want to make? Like our first, our first feature that we want to make is about, uh, you know, it's a sci-fi horror drama drama. Right, so of course, it's not with just one. It can't be. Um, do we make a sci-fi horror drama short, even though we have a script that's also a western? I'd say yes. Okay. Only because um, um, I think it makes more sense to like if you're if you're going out proactively looking for an opportunity. Yeah. I don't necessarily think you're going out and saying like to these people like. Hey, I have uh, 20 miscellaneous scripts to choose from or whatever. You know, you like, 
No, you go out with like an idea of one, and if they're not into it, then you can move on to the other ones. But yeah. I still think it makes sense to have the short that leads into that one that you're pitching. Yeah. And then, to me, it's easier for, again, I, I, I feel like most people in executive positions, I know they're going to hate me for saying this. Um, <laughs> All your executive experience being oh head of production at, or a media. Exactly. And also uh, <laughs> being... Uh, <laughs> A marketing executive. <laughs> Look at and, you, executive. Uh, VP of acquisitions. Yeah. Um, I was a junior executive to the executive executive. Nice. Yeah. Good for you. I was at McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> I was a junior bacon executive. Ooh. Um, Those junior bacons are great. <laughs> That's actually Wendy's, but go ahead. <laughs> um, I forget even what I was talking. About. <laughs> uh, you're saying you're talking. You're going to say some snide remark against. Executives. Oh yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna banish us from the industry forever because exactly, you're make fun of exactly. Yep. Go ahead. No, I just don't think people in general. It's not even just executives. People in general aren't as um, visually prolific as they think they are in terms of like being able to look at something and make the leap. Yeah. You know. So I, I think if you showed them a short. That was exactly the feature that you're wanting to make, but in a short form, and it wasn't up to like the standard of the feature that you're pitching. Yeah. Then they can't make the leap to say this person could make that feature. Yeah. But and if I- you make a short that's totally different and say this was a short that I made, I want to make a feature like this uh, with this script, you know, with this different script. Then I think it's actually easier for them to say, you know, these are two different things. Yeah. And you know, they, they did this as a short, but with more money, they could make this and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. There's something weird with that that I think it, it just makes it a little bit more difficult for them to make that leap. Yeah, and I also think that, um, you know, the short is going to get you into the, the room, so you better have your best idea, which is usually the one you want to do first. Yeah. To pitch them first, because if you did a sci-fi horror dr- drama short... Then, and they were interested in it and want to bring you in, then obviously they want to hear about your short, you know, sci-fi horror drama feature because they think you can pull it off because you did the short. I always think of Mike Flanagan, um, who did Oculus, and it was a short. And it was, you know, This is one of those success stories. Look, we went and saw Oculus at USC. Mm-hmm. The movie was great. The movie was great. The movie was great. The short was horrible, I, yeah. I will say. Yeah, and, but that was because it was made in a time when he had used like a handy cam, so it didn't look good. The story was decent, and that's what Audio they liked. Was not great. Audio was not great, and that's what they li- like. They liked the story, yeah. And it, the way he told the story is, he said he was in meetings, and he had like just forgotten about Oculus because he didn't like the short. And they were like, "Oh, so what about this? What about this? What about this?" You know, ta- having meetings, having no one ever seen an Oculus. But his agent was like, "Oh, tell him about Oculus." And they're like, "What's that?" And he's like, "Oh, God, it's this horrible short I did." <laughs> and somebody finally watched it. Was like, "I think there's a story here, and I think you could direct it." So it's kind of funny that we're talking about all these high quality shorts that will get you the job. But sometimes it's just a good story in the sh- in the short. Well, yeah, I think no matter what story is the main thing. Yeah. Um, so I was like, story. that's that, that is what brings me back to this idea of like, do you do a short version of like a feature you want to do? Because sometimes it works. Sometimes it works. I mean, there's no telling what's going to work. I mean, you could you could yeah. make a radio play of something, and that that stuff gets made these days. I, th- yeah. I think that uh, uh, that new Amazon show with Julia Roberts was a radio or like a podcasty uh, teleplay. 
Well, they're doing a limited series. I don't know what station it's on or what network or what streaming service. Uh, Dirty John. Dirty John is about this woman that was like uh, just, it was one of those, you know, her husband wasn't who she thought he was. <laughs> uh, but it started uh, as like yeah, a six-part series of articles in the L.A. Times that got turned into a podcast and is now a TV show starring Connie Britton. Mm-hmm. And I thought Eric Bana, I think, plays her husband yes. John. I love, I love Eric Bana. Bana. So it's like, as long as the story is good, they don't care where the source comes. But if you are trying to get, you know, it's almost like if you want somebody to buy your script and not direct it, then you do a short about it almost so that they know the story's good. Yeah. But if you want to direct something, Show them that you can direct. It doesn't matter what it is. Just show them that there's a good. They give give a good product. Yeah. That's not. Um, doesn't necessarily have to be based on what you want to do your feature on. Yeah, and I also think it's an important distinction to make. At least for me, again, you can do whatever you want. I think <laughs> you know, lots of people do other things than what I'm suggesting here. But like, yeah, nobody really takes your advice ever. Yeah, exactly. Um, I wouldn't do dump Enron stock. Yeah, whatever, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't do a scene, you know, just because I think you want, if, if you're going to put all this time and effort into making something, you should do something that stands alone. Make it a mini feature, beginning, middle, and end, but in short form. Exactly, exactly. Um, so I wouldn't necessarily do, like, just pull a scene from your feature script and shoot that. Yeah. Uh, I would do a short that you could, you know, go take to a festival and they would still accept it, you know, because it's a short. It stands alone. It's not yep. like just a part of a movie. Yeah, where there's no beginning, middle, and end, no character. Yeah, because I think you're, in that sense, you know, I've heard a lot of people doing stuff like teaser trailers. Mm-hmm. You know, we've, um, I was supposed to uh, DP one, and then I had a horrible accident couldn't do it. Uh, <laughs> but, you know. Which one was that? I cut my finger. No, I know. I, you know, I remember, I remember oh, that yeah. whole thing. Mm-hmm. But what were you supposed to do? Uh, oh, no, I wasn't DPing. I was supposed to gaff uh, this teaser trailer. They rented all our gear, our grip truck, and we were supposed to go out to the woods. Basically, what happened was they wanted an HMI uh, 1.2K. We had 2.5Ks that also uh, were capable of being 1.2Ks, but I didn't have the right cable, so I was going to splice these two cables together and ended up cutting my hand. Yeah, so uh, this is the, this is the Alex side of the story. Yeah, this is the Trevor side of the story. Our <laughs> our I live downtown. Our truck was in North Hollywood. For anyone who doesn't know the LA landscape, that's a good like thirty minute drive, forty five minute drive on yeah. a good day. Yeah. Um. So Granted, this was at midnight. Yeah, yeah. So at eleven thirty ish. Yeah. I get a text from Alex. It says, "Hey man, can you come up to the truck?" And close it, close it up, because it had out, you know, it had lights that would shine outside. Um, you know, we had all of our gear in there, and so I was like, "Yeah, no problem." What w- did you just like forget to shut it up? Like shut it down? And Alex lived in Santa Monica, so it was a little bit further for him. He's like, "I'm going to the hospital." I'm like, "Wait, what? A, wait, what?" Huh? <laughs> He's like, "I cut my finger open trying to splice these cables together," and I was like, "Holy shit! All right." I'll go up there. So imagine yeah. my surprise when I walk into the truck where we had a table, like a workstation desk built into the side of the, the truck indoors. And there is Alex's Leatherman, a yep. cable, a, 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 like a 
cut up cable. Yeah. And just blood. Just blood. <laughs> just blood everywhere. Um, yeah. So yeah, I don't great. don't think we've told that story before. Uh, cut through the tendon. Yeah. In half. So his finger, his, his finger went limp. Went limp. Had to go to the emergency room. They sewed it back up. Totally fine. Uh, Not for a while. You had to do there. like yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and do physical therapy. The whole deal. It was whole great. Deal. So uh, yeah. So uh, that that that's a side story, but a good one. Um, yeah. And then they rented the truck with blood in it. <laughs> yeah, so they were shooting a um, uh, a teaser trailer for a feature that they were wanting to pitch around. I've heard of people doing scenes. Yep. Uh, but to me, it's it's tough. It's tough because you're putting a lot of eggs in a basket that is very questionable. Mm-hmm. Because if you can't get that to go, then you have on your hands a... Very specific, very product. specific product that doesn't do you really any good in any other scenario. Yeah. So, so we talk know. a lot about micro budget, you know, filmmaking features and all that, but do a micro budget short. You know, it'll take even less money than a feature, and then oh, you yeah. could the, probably the get money. Funny. The money that you would make a micro budget short for could make like a pretty solid feature, I yeah. think. Plus. One the other thing is like now that crowdfunding exists and is more feasible for things, I think it's. It, I'm always questioning like I don't think we could crowdfund a feature. I mean that's crazy. Like getting a hundred thousand bucks, people don't know who the heck we are. Like whatever, but like getting ten thousand bucks to shoot a, a short that yeah. seems doable. Yeah, definitely. So that's yet another reason I think it, it might be better to. And. Especially when you're trying to crowdfund or like hit up the family for money for a feature, you always have to do this thing where it's like that weird like, you know, I'm going to try and sell it and make everyone their money back, and and I, <laughs> yeah. I you know I just want to let you know it may not happen, but I hope it does. But with a short, you're like, hey, look, guys, thanks for investing in me. You ain't going to see this money because this yeah no exactly money, money for, uh, fork over the fifty bucks and, and call yeah. it a day exactly, and so you don't <laughs> need that many people to give you money, and they all know that they're not going to get this money back because it's a short. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's a lot easier to shoot a short in a weekend, especially if you get all your eggs in one bag, or like a four day, or take a week. Yeah, a week even. Hard to do a really, really good feature, unless you are on point. In a week? In a week. Oh my gosh, I mean... Logan wanted to do one. I know, I know. And I think I think it can be done, in certain, but... You have to have a very specific style, I think, to make that yeah. work. And, and you got to realize, guys, like when you talk about micro budget filmmaking and micro budget films, you know, the money is micro budget, but the work into it is the same as any feature. You got to sit with these actors. And it's harder yeah. because you have to sit with these actors, you have to rehearse, and you have to hope that their schedule holds up for a long shoot. With yeah. a short, you could do a rehearsal and then be like, hey, guess what? Um, this is going to take a week. Yeah. Can you exactly. give me a week? Yeah, the micro-budget thing makes it very unusual because the whole project is held together by, by dreams and, and spit, <laughs> basically. Because at any moment, like, th- there's almost no incentive for anybody to be working on this thing. No. Uh, because you're probably not paying them. Nope. The food's not great. Nope. The hours are terrible. Yep. And uh, it's just everyone's doing it for experience and, and yeah. I don't know, because they like you, maybe. But it's just not a whole lot to hold it together. And so you have to work really, really hard to make sure everyone's motivated, wanting to come back the next day, 
uh, for a month straight, I mean, that's really hard to do. Yeah, and at the same time, you also have to realize that it's, you can probably get a lot more okays and yeses to work on your project if it's like seven days rather than like three months or like yeah. a month of shooting. And then at the same time, if, it, if you do get people to say okay for a month and you're not paying them, at any point they could quit and then you have to like hold production. Like micro fe- budget features are hard. Yeah, and this also reminds me of why it was easier when we were in college because at that time we were in that mode. Everything we did was volunteer. I mean, we were just working yeah. on friends' projects left and right and they were working on ours. It was just how it was. And for the most part, they didn't have anything else to do because they didn't have the bills. They, they were yeah. in college. Like now yeah. it's like, well, like you will not be, you'll be surprised if you don't pay an actor and you know, it doesn't matter how amped they are of the project, like how excited they are, um, you know, you and you're shooting for like a month on a micro, feature, micro budget feature, you know how quickly that person will turn if they get a commercial book that is going to take a three-day shoot in the middle of it? They're going to say, I can't. i got to make money. Oh, God, yeah. Um, Not only that, but like, even without that catalyst, there's so many reasons that they could just oh, lose yeah. interest or, or just like say, oh, my God, these people don't know what they're doing. Yeah. Or like, I, I don't believe in this anymore. It's like you have to sustain their belief for a month that this is going to be a really good thing that they're going to want to stick, stick with. It's tough. It's super tough. Uh, people... People are quick to run away when they feel that they're being taken advantage of or things aren't going the way. Yeah. And it's much easier to ask somebody to shoot for seven days for a really good-looking short because then they can shop that whole short around. They don't have to take a little snippet out for the reel. They say, hey, look at this, this, this short I was acting in. That looks pretty amazing. Yeah, totally. And the, last, the other thing that I was going to bring up about the shorts versus feature idea is um, like if you, if you're taking, let's say you were going to put $20,000 into a feature, yeah. it's going to be 90 minutes versus $20,000 into a 10 minute short. Oof. You can, you know, you're going to have to pare down that feature and like everything in it to be able to make it work for 10 grand or, or 20 grand, 20 yeah. grand. Uh, whereas the 10 minute feature, you won't have the same problem. You'll be able to tell a more like well-rounded story and have a more well-rounded project overall. Shit, and we talked about this so many times about the un expect not unexpected, but the unknown expenses that go into a feature and all that. Twenty thousand dollars short, you could pay a sound mixer to get really good sound, to get a really good soundtrack, and get a really good um, yeah, sound designer, sound, sound designer, post mix, and, and all that and stuff. Foley put some money into freaking. Uh, nice set design so it looks really awesome. I mean, yeah. that's, that is something that can be paid for with the budget of $20,000 for a 10-minute you know, short. Yeah. Because it's so much cheaper, the actual production of it. Yeah, exactly. So I think you can get you know, basically more for your money doing a short. Yeah. And I don't know. You'll end, I, to me, I think you, you'll probably be happier with the end product. Yeah, and it's something that, that has beginning, meaning, and end that you can then shop around to people and say, hey, check out the short I did. It got some, some monies from, uh, you know, it got some awards from all these short things. It was a Vimeo staff pick of the week, stuff like that. Yep. And that, that could go a long way. I mean, they have a short category in the Oscars. So, I mean, shorts aren't something to, like, sneeze at. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I sneezed at them for a long time. I was allergic, but now I'm cured. <laughs> You've seen the light of shorts. <laughs> seen up the shorts. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, so, that, yeah, that'll about do it with that, I think. 
Um, I think you guys, yeah, just take away from it. Really think about doing a short, a really good, solid short that you're proud of um, and that you really put all your gusto into. Yeah. Um, Because it could really pay off. It could get you a calling, give you a calling card, uh, get those other projects off the ground with a little bit of money from people that saw your short and think, yeah, this this person could do it. Yeah. You know what I think I would like to do? Oh. Interspersed with our free classes. Yeah. Is uh, a series of challenges. Ooh. Like Highlander. Like Highlander. There can, can be only, only be one. one. There can be only one. Um, but that sort of go through the, the whole process of, of a short. Uh, ah. Starting with the script, we'll do the first challenge, which is like writing a script. Yeah. And then second challenge, like prepping it, shooting yeah. it, editing it, the whole thing. Um, and then by the end of it, you'll have a, a short film. And then we will do it as well. And we'll do it along with them. And... We will feel sad when other people's are better than ours. And yeah. <laughs> I think that sounds good. Yeah, yeah, And then uh, maybe, maybe what we'll do is if we can get some sponsors for it, we'll do a little short competition after all the people who have like, submitted to that. That'd be cool. Um, we could get uh, Bermuda Shorts to uh, sponsor it. Yeah, totally. Um, short Shorts. Yep. Um, you know, Running Daisy, Shorts. Daisy Duke Shorts. Yep. Um, all the Shorts. Yeah. Uh, Martin yeah. Shorts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, maybe we'll do that. So uh, we'll, we'll let you guys know. This is just uh, matriculating in our brain heads. Yep, it is. And uh, yep, it is. We'll, <laughs> we'll go from there. All right. Uh, so, so what's cool, Trevor? What is cool? So I'm going to talk about the Roadcaster Pro. All right, do it. Um, so for those who are listening to this podcast, we mostly, you know, except for this episode, we usually use a nice little mixer that has inputs and has our mics, goes out to a computer, lets us record, lets us mix, and all that. Record it in Adobe Audition. Yeah, yeah, stuff like that. So the Rodecaster Pro is kind of geared towards podcasters. Um, it will allow you to, you know, you has, I think it has four mic inputs, output to um, the computer. It records locally on the thing. Yeah, with micro SD. With micro SD. So if you, you could do it without a computer. Which is cool. Which is awesome. Um, you know, so if you're doing it like on location podcast, you don't have a computer that you can easily hook up to it and start and record there. You can record, and I believe it records the ISOs individually. I believe it which does. Which is awesome. Which is awesome. And it has uh, discrete monitoring, so you can have the, the four monitor uh, headphones coming out of, yeah. the, of the thing itself and you know, adjust the volumes. Which is awesome. But what, what is really cool about this is you can pair cell phones with it. Yeah. So you can connect your cell phone to it. So me and Alex always have this problem when we do interviews is because we use Zencaster, which is a computer. So we have a computer going into it. It's, it's, it's crazy. We have a computer going into our mixer and then audio coming out of that mixer to send back to the computer so the person that we're interviewing can hear us respond and then we can record their audio as like a ISO and then it goes out to another computer to record. Well, this one, it, it, brings, it pairs with the phone, so you can just have a phone conversation, and it automatically just looks at it as an input. You don't have to do yeah. anything else. It sends, it, it, does, it sends your audio to the phone. It records the audio coming from the phone. It's awesome. That's pretty cool. I, I mean, that's we got to get our hands on this so we can test it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, I mean, it is $600, so it's a little pricey, but if you are doing podcasts and stuff like that, it seems pretty cool, especially for that phone feature, because we have gone crazy thinking about what we could do to have better phone interviews because a lot of the interviews that we do are with people all over the place and so we just always want a, a better solution than Zencaster because sometimes Zencaster is stupid yeah so uh, yeah Rodecaster Pro what else you got Alex alright I'm going to talk about the SWIT Ooh. SWIT CM55 C 
Yeah. I just heard about this. Okay. It's a um, it's a monitor, a five inch monitor or five point five inch uh, monitor that has its own little bracket on it that you can slide into a cold shoe mount or a hot shoe mount okay. on a camera. Um, perfect for DSLRs, and it has all the features that you would want, like like uh, false colors, focus peaking, it has like waveforms, zebras, and all that, um, and it is capable of of loading LUTs. It has a little Ooh, SD, that's awesome. Little SD card input. Yeah. Load up some LUTs on it. Love it. Um, and it looks nice. I mean, it has a little joystick. It kind of looks. It looks almost identical, or like kind of a copy of the small HD Focus, mm-hmm. which w- was something. I don't know if they even really promote that so much anymore. But it was made for like DSLRs and stuff. Um, it looks very similar to that. It has a little battery thing on the back, so nice. You can use like Sony batteries on it. Uh, nice. But it's super cheap. Nice. Talking like two hundred dollars. That's crazy for a DSLR monitor. Yeah, it looks great. With all that, with with LUTs, LUTsable. Yeah, LUTsable, and I. It sounds like you know, the thing about small HD is it's like very rugged and everything's like mm-hmm. aluminum yeah. housings and stuff, and this is plastic, and I'm sure it's you know not as rugged, ne- nowhere near as as high quality. But I think the Focus is like six hundred bucks, which is like one of their cheaper monitors. You know, so for two hundred bucks, like, like bucks. I mean, as long as the the display is good, don't go beating it around and bringing it on a documentary that is being run through the jungle, and you'll yeah, be fine. Exactly, exactly. And I think it's it's got a little sunshade, and it's like four hundred nits or something. Ooh, love good. me some nits. Give me all those nits. I don't know. Looks yeah. like something to check out. Yeah, sure. definitely. Especially if you want to stay in the low budget area and you just need a monitor that has, is color accurate. Yep. Yep. All right, I got the DJI. Osmo Pocket that was just announced. Yeah. Now, this thing is like, I mean, I'm trying to find a comparable size to it, like like a stapler almost. Yeah. It's like the size of a stapler in, in width it, and length. Smaller, I think. Maybe even smaller. But it has a built-in 4K camera. Yeah. And it has the same stabilization that the regular DJI Osmo has. Uh-huh. And, and it has a little focus wheel built into yeah, it, right? Yeah. And so you could freaking... And it has a little monitor built yeah. into it. Does it? I, or does it have... Yeah. Is it connects to the phone again? I think it has a little monitor built into it. Really? Oh, uh, man, I didn't see that. But it's it's tiny. The thing that I wonder is the camera itself is so small. The sensor has to the be so tiny. The sensor has to be, like, basically a cell phone camera. Oh, you're right. It does have a, a little monitor. I'm just looking at it right now. Yeah, the sensor can't be great. I mean, it is... It, it, I mean, it is 4K... Yeah. But, I mean, that's a small-ass sensor. It, it, the, the Osmo itself is kind of small. I'm kind of wondering, like, what the use case is where you would need that over just the regular Osmo. Well, for one... Not, not even the Pro version, but just, like, the, the original. For one reason, it's only 350 bucks. There we go. Well, so, the original one was, like, 350 bucks. Oh, was it? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I mean, here's the thing. The same camera sensor as the Mavic Pro, the Mavic Air, the Mavic 2 Zoom. Interesting. So, I mean, you know, those drones are producing some good images, so it's not that small. Yeah, it probably has terrible low light, I imagine. It has night mode. Mm. Well, it might not be great. Who knows, you know. Um, But it does have face tracker, so it will track a face if you need to and all that. That's cool. Um, But, yeah, I mean, it's pretty pretty sweet. We love our Osmo, um, and, you know, we're... uh, big fans of it we've used it to shoot some great stuff for videos for people and all that yeah. uh, so I'd be interested in checking it out uh, I'm, I'm trying to see here if it actually if that the monitor is actually a monitor or if it is 
Looks like it does like waveform. Like it almost is like, huh, like uh, almost like a, a display to run through the menu. Yeah, or something like that. I can't tell if it actually. Um, yeah, I don't know, but uh, it's still still freaking sweet. And when you when you turn it off, the gimbal tilts the camera on end so that the whole camera so that the lens isn't exposed. Hmm. Freaking cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, yep. 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 Looks interesting. I mean. Definitely the portability of it. You could just like toss it into a backpack or like yeah, a fanny pack. Or a cool. pocket, which is why they call it the Osmo Pocket. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, the, I guess it is a touchscreen on it um, and let you frame up the shot and then go through the menu and all that. So that's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Nice. Yep. Nice. What else you got? All right. I'm talking about scriptation, baby. What? Have Do you explain. Heard, have you heard of scriptation? I actually have, yeah. Uh, so it's an app that was created... Um, for well, for several different people on set, you yeah. can use it as a DP or director, or scripty. Uh, you know, basically, even actors can use it. But it's uh, a piece of software, an app that you use uh, with your scripts that allows you to make notations on it. Uh, notes you can type, you can doodle, you can add pictures, you can do all sorts of stuff to it. Um, and then, as new drafts come in, it auto populates the new draft with your same notes so you don't have to like copy over new notes onto the new draft or whatever. That's cool. Um, so like Trevor and I, uh, with our recent script, it's if you, if you saw it, it's covered in sticky notes. Ugh. It has handwriting all over it. If we, you know, when we do new drafts or whatever, you have to kind of like go back over it and uh, see where the notes belong, like yep. what we changed and it's, it's kind of a mess. But with this... It kind of automates that process, and then also it becomes like a handy tool when you're on set because you can take a look at your notes uh, actually on top of the, the script itself, um, and you're always making new drafts as you're, as you're shooting as well, so um, then your notes still transfer over. So if you have like a little doodle you did that's like a, a shot, like a, almost like a thumbnail or like a storyboard panel, uh, for a scene, but you get a new draft the day before. Uh, you don't have to like try to redoodle that. How does it? Does it scan it with your phone? Do you take a picture of it? Uh, you upload a PDF. So you scan it, um, or you just save it as PDF. No, I'm saying like like if my so, so if I have a paper script and I'm writing notes on it. No, this eliminates the need for that. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you just upload the PDF of the script itself. Uh huh. And. Um, so basically, you're not carrying around a paper script anymore. You are carrying around a like a tablet that has yes. that you can then write with a stylus and say, "Hey, this needs to change. This needs to change. This needs to change." Exactly. And I mean, it does all sorts of cool stuff. I realized. Um, so it even recognizes different character names and stuff. So like the way they advertise it on their website, like if you're a sound per, like a boom operator or whatever, and you yeah. need to like highlight every actor's name with different colors or something so you know where to point the boom yeah it'll automatically do that that's awesome you can assign colors to different actors okay so you just you characters. just take your script in like final draft export it as a pdf upload it to this app yeah and it'll repopulate it with all your notes yep that's awesome and it's pretty cool that's really cool that's really and cool i like all, that i think it um i looked at the windows version i think it was like 10 bucks oh wow Shit. But I think they're moving to free with maybe like certain restrictions that you need to 
unlock. I mean, for ten bucks, unlock it. Is it ten dollars a month or just ten dollars? I think it was ten bucks. Oh my gosh, that's. I mean, come on, you could you could afford ten dollars, guys. It makes yeah. your life that much easier. Do it. Pretty cool. Um, I also, what else is cool? I we used it today, and I have never seen this before. Lacey, their new USB C uh, external drives. Yes. Um, this one was a four terabyte RAID, super cool. But what it had was a built-in SD card reader. Yeah. An automated import. That's pretty cool. So you can, you know, and don't quote me on this because I didn't use that feature because it was somebody else's project and I didn't want to screw anything up by doing that. But to me, it looks like it had a power cord. So to me, you know, not a lot of externals have power cords. Um, I think because it was four terabyte RAID external, it was little. I and mean, it's, it's a rugged drive, so it's not huge. Yeah. Um, I think it needed a little more power. But what it meant is that I think all you need to do on set is like take an SD card, plug that thing, that hard drive into power, pop that SD card in, and it will transfer it over to the hard drive. Yeah, it must have like an LED or something that signifies yeah. when it's done. Yeah, probably. I mean, it does have a blinking LED, so if that thing stops blinking, you got to think, oh, well, hmm. I guess... I guess it's it's done, which is super cool if you're on set and you have, you know, you're using your GH5S or your A7S and it has SD and you fill it up, pop it in this hard drive, boom. Don't even need to have a computer out there. That's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. I, I, I like that. Nice little immediate backup so that when you put that SD card away, if it gets lost or broken or somehow, you you got a backup. I like it. Yeah. No, no it I looks like really it. cool. Um, the last thing that I saw today was what's called GH Alex. <laughs> of course you liked it. Yeah, it's a LUT. Okay. I don't know why they didn't add the A at the end. But basically, it's a, a LUT for the GH5 and the GH5S to make your uh, footage look like it's from an Alexa. Oh, man. It's got it, basically just like a color profile that really focuses on skin tone. And um, I don't know, it looks pretty nice. I checked out the footage and the examples. Um, and in some cases, I'd say it was like a little too much, but for the most part, it made the, the skin tone look much better. Oh, man. Say. Everyone loves their Alexa, too. They do. And, and so they showed comparisons between uh, they shot in V-Log okay. and then used a V-Log to like Rec. 709 uh-huh. LUT. Yeah. And they showed the comparison between that and then the Alexa LUT. And I have to say, the Rec. 709 LUT made the skin tone look a little magenta. Interesting. And then the Alexa LUT really made the skin tone look pretty nice. Dude, I'm all for that. Yeah. Like, give me that. And it also was like a little bit flatter and kind of like had a real cin- cinematic vibe to it. Yeah. Well, if we ever end up getting our GH5Ss, we might have to get that. I'm on board. Was it, how much, did it have a price on it or is it free? 65 bucks. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. Rather than paying, you know, $30,000 for, $60,000 for an Alexa. Yeah, or, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that'll about do it for this episode. What do you think? Did uh, we do good? I think that was it. All right. That's going to do it for this episode. Thank you for joining us. You can get the show notes for this episode by visiting nobudgetfilmmaking.com slash episode 32. Don't forget to hop on over to iTunes and subscribe to the podcast. And while you're there, give us a five-star rating if you feel so inclined. Please, we please, love those. Please, 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 please. If you have any filmmaking questions, ask away in the comments section, and we'll try to answer them. Or also hop over to fearless, fearlessfilmmaker.com and join the No Budget Filmmaking Podcast group. It's free again, and talk about episodes there. We will. We are always on that site, because it's ours, and we feel obligated to be. Um, <laughs> and we'll answer any questions there, too, if you guys want to talk about what we talked about in any episode. 
episode. Yeah, so again, that's fearlessfilmmakers.com. Join up, it's free. It's free. Also, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram at Cinema Summit, and we'll catch you next time. And we swear we'll be drinking something. Sorry, yeah. guys. Yeah. Later. Peace. <laughs>